Hello and welcome to another episode of Internet Marketing Revealed. My guest today is Mark McGarry. He's an online marketer from Ireland. I think like a lot of marketers in Mark's position, he's had mixed results. He's had his ups and downs, but I think it's fair to say in the past few months ago, he's made something of a breakthrough. His marketing content has improved. It's got a lot more targeted. He's getting a much better reaction overall from the marketing content that he's putting out there. His sales copy has improved immensely. It's a lot more focused in its message. And he's now creating offers which are being snapped up by the audience he's putting them out in front of. And he's making a lot more sales as a result of that. So that's what I, I really want to talk to Mark to about today, just to talk to him about his journey overall, the improvements that he's made as he's going along, and if there are any uh, hints and tips that he can share along the way as well. So I'm sure there's going to be a, a lot of good stuff that we can talk about uh, in today's episode. So first of all, welcome to the show, Mark. Thanks, David. Uh, thanks for having me as well. Uh, it's an honor to be here and um, hope I can add as much value as I can to the hour we have here and to your audience. And uh, I really like your show as well. Uh, it's different to what you usually see out there, kind of marketing related kind of channels on YouTube. Um, judging by kind of what you've been put up so far, you really kind of, you know, go deep and give a lot of value to people, to your audience. And all that so i'm happy to add as much as i can here today now no problem at all i'm uh you know i'm absolutely delighted to, to have you on here as a, as a guest today i i think it's interesting what you say there about uh the other uh other podcasts type of things in um in the marketing space that was one of the reasons why i i wanted to, to start doing the internet marketing Re reveal show was because i thought that it was underserved we were we're in a bit of an underserved industry overall. I thought there was a, a gap there, and uh, I'm I'm glad that I I made that start anyway because uh, things are you know starting to come together now. Really enjoying the process, getting to to chat to loads of great guests at all ends of the spectrum, you know wherever they are on the journey. So I'm I'm really enjoying it so far. So again, I'm absolutely delighted that uh, you uh, you agreed to come onto the show today and to share uh, share your story. So why don't we start then at uh, at the beginning? And uh, can you tell us a little bit about where you grew up? Okay, so um, I'm from Ireland, uh, the south of Ireland. Uh, it's called County Cork, right down in Cork Harbour. Uh, so I'm pretty much at the southernmost tip of the country. Uh, it's actually a bit of a um, fun fact or boring fact, whichever you want to look at it. Uh, it's the second uh, deepest natural harbour in the world after Sydney Harbour. And it's also where the Titanic went to Southampton from, uh, believe it or not. So a uh, bit of a boring fact there. <laughs> you learn but, something uh, new every day. <laughs> <laughs> but um, as I said, yeah, from, I basically lived here all my life. Um, kind of, you know... Uh, Went to went to school here. Went to got worked all my life here, apart from a few years where I kind of travelled through the states and stuff like that. But I've always called Cork my home. Uh, in a small little village called Monkstone, you could literally walk from one end of the town to another 
within about 20 minutes. So it's really, really small, um, where everybody knows each other, which can be good and bad, really, I guess. But um, and we, it's like one of those places where you just don't lock your car at night or lock your doors at night. It's really, really safe. So that's that's always good. Um, and kind of, uh, I'm also into uh, endurance sports. So I've done endurance sports for pretty much last maybe 10 or 15 years um after i got into my usual kind of trouble you get when you're a teenager in your 20s you can tend to hit that age where you need to, need to grow up a bit and get healthy so for the last 10 years or so 15 years i've been doing endurance sports um and that's kind of a small a small background about myself personally i guess okay that's that's great i'm not surprised that you've never moved away from where you live there in Cork because if I can encourage anybody who's listening to the podcast today to follow Mark on social media because some of the photos that that he posts just these casual photos that he takes from out of his front window to this stunning harbor type of scene out of his front window it's it's incredible I, and I, I'm not surprised at all that you've you've never fancied a move away because it, it really is beautiful where you live it, it really is. If I lived in a city, I think I'd go haywire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I can understand what you mean by that. I mean, I don't live anywhere as picturesque as where you are, but a small village here in South Wales, not not quite at the level where you, you leave your doors open at night, I wouldn't say, but it's the same kind of thing. Small village, everybody you know, kind of knows their neighbours and, and all that sort of thing. And I don't think I'd like to move away myself either i think i'm very much a kind of a, a small town boy <laughs> and i i don't think i'd cope even if i lived in in cardiff which is only yeah. about 20 minutes away from where i live let alone a, a really big city so uh, yeah i i totally understand where you're coming from with regards to that so why don't you tell us a little bit more about the uh, the endurance sports then because that's something that you're always posting on social media as well so that also seems to be a, a pretty big part of your life overall how did you get into that okay so um i wasn't always well i always liked sports but i wasn't always sporty um kind of when i was growing up uh when i when i touched on the kind of teenager getting into trouble kind of thing it was a bit deeper than actually i i was um i was a bit too fond of um Kind of uh, alcohol and kind of i won't go too far into it but other stuff <laughs> so um i spent a lot of years just basically not taking care of myself um and it ended up uh one morning where i just kind of snapped myself out of it you know it's a bit of a cliche but you know when i think tony robbins uh says like kind of any as uh, a major life kind of changes it seems to happen in an instant and that's literally what happened to me. I woke up one morning in like a house party and I won't really go into much detail, but, and I kind of looked around and said, what am I doing with my life, right? And the people I'm hanging around with. Okay, so um, I was always into running, I guess, um, for a few years. But um, at, as I said, I'm still living a very unhealthy life. And at about the age of 28, 29, I got into triathlon um, and duathlon um basically i found out i was I, I was always pretty good at running right so i was kind of ending races pretty well when i was doing triathlons and stuff like that so i said look if i get anywhere good at biking and swimming 
I can, you know, start overtaking these people on the running and actually start winning races. So, um, as I said, uh, a couple of years doing the shorter form uh, triathlons, I was, I, 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 I was okay, but I started training for Ironman back in 2013, which is basically, you know, you're at your, without going into too much detail, you're, um, it's the longest form kind of triathlon you can do out there. Uh, you're out there maybe 10, 11, 12 hours at a race. And it was when I was actually training for the Iron for for, for uh, I was only going to do one Ironman, but ended up being Manny Ironman, but uh, because I liked it so much. But when I, what I found out about myself when I was out there training, you know, for six hours a day on a bike, you know, three or four hour kind of run sessions, doing that for six days a week, basically double sessions. So that's a lot of time we're dedicating to this one race. I found out that I really, really enjoyed it. Right. Um, I guess it goes back to my nature being quite introverted. Uh, when I was growing up too, I was never into, you know, hanging around with people, you know, as in like big social scenes, I was always a quiet one at a party. I'm sure you probably know yourself if you're kind of anyone out there bringing from introverted kind of background, where even just, you know, talking to someone for a long time can literally just drain your energy. So that really resonated with me. And I found out that I was really, really, um, I guess, passionate about it because out there all day long with my own thoughts and kind of lock myself away from that kind of world. Um, and I ended up actually kind of um, winning races, kind of, I, I touched this on this last week in the post actually, that uh, took me three years of training and racing with no results. But once I got my first win, I podiumed and won every race in about three seasons. I also qualified for the national, for the European long distance world championships as well, back in 2015. Um, I actually stopped it for about for a few years just because I was like, um, uh, just due to overtraining and over racing, I had like two weeks off and three years of training and racing, so I was burnt out completely. But about it took about four years off it, but about two years got back into it, and I just picked off picked up where I left off, started podiuming podium podiuming in races again, and so that's a bit of a background about that. Okay, I'm surprised actually that uh, you didn't get into it till you were about 28 or, or 29 as you said i i just naturally assumed it was something that perhaps you started doing your your teens and and had just carried it on so yeah that was uh, that was a little bit surprising there uh, i also remember you posted uh, once before on your facebook profile uh, a photograph or a screenshot of uh, a magazine interview that you'd had as well so had you you taken this on to such a level that this could have been a, a professional career for you. Okay. That's actually there, I think, on the on the wall behind me. There. <laughs> but uh that's 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 the magazine's view. So that was a local paper. Um it's like you know um like a community newspaper or a community magazine I should say. So um I was kind of getting well known around around the space. Uh, at the time I was actually of that magazine um interview i was actually involved in, in a network marketing company it's how i actually started in this space uh through network marketing and it was a sports nutrition company so i was um i was kind of half endorsed by them while i was actually promoting them as well um 
regards to actually going professional, I never, it was never on the cards for me uh, because especially in that space, to be really in the top kind of 1% or 2%, you want to be kind of at it since you were, you know, 8, 9, 10 years old, especially with swimming because um, if anyone has ever heard, like swimming is such a technical sport, it's down to like the millisecond of a difference to be the good, to be in the top 1% and the rest. So it was, unfortunately, it was never on the cards to me. It was one of those things where I've often thought if I had started this 10, 15 years earlier. But again, uh, I always enjoy just being out there and being one of the best amateurs uh, in the country, I guess, racing. Yeah. Well, you, you're certainly that even, even now, because when you're, you're posting some of your, your run details or your ride details on, on social media, some of the distances that you're doing is absolutely insane. Yeah. <laughs> you know, a hundred kilometer bike ride just on a, a Tuesday afternoon or, or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely crazy. It's one of those things where I tell people, but, I, I, again, it's easy kind of in my mindset where I say the more you do, the easier it gets. And I fully appreciate that, that if, that if you're not used to it, you, you might not be able to comprehend it, but it's absolutely true. Same in Ironman racing, like the more you do, the faster you get and the easier it gets. That's what I kind of, but, but obviously from, from a different mindset, from a different kind of frame set, obviously I can understand how people wouldn't comprehend it, but. Starting off, I mean, I couldn't run because I used to be an ex-smoker. I used to, I used to smoke quite a lot as well, right? Cigarettes. And when I started running and cycling and swimming, I couldn't run a kilometer without actually stopping. And basically, without going into too much that kind of horrible detail, uh, you know, kind of coughing stuff up and catching my breath. Um, but again practice makes perfect just over and over again and the more distance you do the more your body adapts to it and now yeah i could go on you know 150 kilometers bike ride without even thinking but back then if you told me to cycle 20 kilometers when i started i'd be like what the hell <laughs> you know yeah you certainly put in the rest of us to shame with those <laughs> with, with those posts absolutely ridiculous but um you mentioned a little earlier as well that you you got into this whole online thing then through the network marketing side of things could you give us a bit of info then about how you initially got into that yeah cool so basically um Another fun fact, I'm actually a qualified physio, even though I never went anywhere. It's one of those things where you go to, you do your, your course for two years and you start off, everything's rosy. But when it comes to like the business side of it um, and trying to rent a place out, the reality soon kind of kicks in, right? So um, when I was actually doing a physio session on a local soccer team, a guy came in, he was, um, he was basically there promoting or trying to hand out free samples, should I say, of his nutrition network marketing company. I won't say who they are, but um, if you remember a few years ago, they got in a very large, very famous um, spat with the FTC and um, a certain hedge fund manager with silver hair. <laughs> so um, if anyone wants to check them out, I won't mention who they are. But so he came in um, with his free samples and I was, you know, doing a physio session on the guys. And 
of course, being into, you know, endurance sports and, you know, sports in general, any type of nutrition, free nutrition people were handing out. I'd try a bit of that, of course. I'd test it out. Uh, liked it quite uh, quite well. So I kind of got back in contact. Uh, originally, I was just, you know, taking it for my own training. But again, he, or after that, he kind of talked me about, look, you can actually make some money out of this. So I said to myself, oh, this will work perfectly because, you know, as a side business, primarily, um, and if I'm using it myself, I can, you know, be the product or the product, all that kind of talk, right? So, um, so I, I, I was doing, I was doing okay with it. I was making a bit of money with it. I uh, got a few, few people signed up, um, but they're the type of company who only talked about, you know, the old school methods, you know, the three foot rule, you know, we're handing out brochures to people. You know, you get your notepad and you come up with your hundred family and friends. <laughs> um, all the kind of dinosaur outdated methods, right? Um, but I, of course, I quickly burned through that that um, contact list, which, of course, as I'm sure you can imagine, the results out of that. <laughs> uh, they weren't great, uh, shall we say. Um, Just to interject there. How did you feel then about creating a 100-strong list of your closest friends and, and family members and then try to introduce them to a network marketing company, especially if, as you mentioned earlier, you're coming from a very introverted perspective? How, how did that feel? Um, it was massive jump out of my comfort zone, of course. Um, something I've never even thought about trying before. Never would have dreamt of doing it. Didn't end well, of course, but it was great exercise in, first of all, getting out of your comfort zone, and second of all, rejection. Because <laughs> I'm sure you can imagine um, probably about 1% of those people actually took me up on buying something. Of course, probably looking back at it, out of pity more than anything else. <laughs> So, um, but that's the thing, that's the, that, I guess that's the kind of thing these companies don't tell people, right, is that you're actually going to have to learn real skills, um, real skills in the modern world, not like 20 years ago. And I think that, I think that's part of the reason why a lot of people actually leave network marketing because they get sold this thing that's completely opposite. They find out they need to find out, they actually have to learn proper you know uh, marketing techniques and skill techniques which a lot of these network marketing companies don't actually teach you how to do um so i was actually making some sales with them uh, believe it or not but the effort i was putting in the the the, the money for stock i was taking I, I was actually you know i had to buy stock every month going to hotel meetings all that kind of stuff it just really outweighed money is bringing in so um after a couple of years of that um i was kind of burnt out right uh didn't really turn out just because i just because i thought that like i was coming from you know a sports background and i knew everything about sports and everything else and i thought this would be a great marriage of you know business product with my sports background but of course uh the reality wasn't that way but it showed me some skills and it showed look there was actually a way to earn money outside of your your regular nine to five. 
So, um, and that's when I transition on to the online stuff, which a lot, of, which I, I, I kind of see a lot of people actually start, a lot of people seem to start in the network marketing side. And after, you know, a certain amount of time, they seem to transition into the, the online marketing. It's quite, it's quite interesting. Yeah. Was there a, a certain scenario then or, or a situation where you thought, right, I'm going to leave the network marketing behind and now I'm going to actively look into something different online. Yeah. So I think it was like um, a combination of things, right? Um, probably those couple of years of where I was putting in way too much work and not seeing any results. And I knew, I, I, I knew then that like this wasn't a long-term play. Uh, going to countless hotel meetings, um, you know, up to... Dublin, which is like maybe three hour drive away, you know, um, going out and constantly being rejected face to face, being to, um, basically um, being, you know, caught be, being called all these names by my, you know, friends and family, all that kind of stuff, being told like, you know, constant failure and everything else. But I think one thing I remember um, stuck out to me. Um, when I was in my car, my car broke down and I literally didn't have the money to get a service. <laughs> well, I had the money, but it was going to be, it was like my last maybe 80 euros or whatever that was in my account. And I knew then that this wasn't a long-term play. At the same time, I'd say about the la- probably the last three months of when I was involved with the ner- network marketing side, I, I was actually I made friends with this person on Facebook. She's not really doing it anymore, but she was involved with one of these, uh, DF you know the DFY companies, um, and I kind of got chatting to her, and she said, "Look, um, there's plenty of people who come from a network marketing background, kind of coming into this company. Are you open to having a look at it?" And that's how I transitioned into the online stuff. Yeah, so that was the first. I suppose affiliate marketing program yeah. that you, you you'd got involved with. So, um, what type of experiences did you did you have with with that then when you first got into it? So, with that, it was one of these. As I said, I had done a few companies where it's like a value ladder. So, I started off with a seven dollar like trial. Uh, went through the it was like a, maybe they had like a thirteen or fourteen module course or something like that. So I went through that in a couple of days, really liked kind of what I saw. Um, then I kind of hopped onto the, I think it was like $39 a month, basic kind of package. And I started making a couple of sales with that right away. So I said that actually paid for my entrance fee, so to speak, kind of right away within a week. So I thought, yeah, there must be something in this. So then I actually went into their, they call it like the pro program, you know, the basic or higher, t- higher ticket program. Um, started making a good few sales with that, but um, I was actually doing some solo ads as well. <laughs> that's how we got introduced to the traffic. I didn't know any better, right? That's that's how they ran their 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 traffic basically through solo ads. Um, so I with with solo ads and with my kind of Facebook uh, promoting, I was actually kind of breaking even, and then I suppose within about maybe three months after joining, I made my first high ticket sale 
And it was more of a, like a proof of concept than anything else. Show me that, yeah, this can actually be a viable thing if I get rid of the, the pay traffic option <laughs> and just go with kind of your more the organic route and promoting it through Facebook. And yeah, I actually made my first high ticket sale as I was jumping on a plane to Arizona to an event for that company. So it was pretty cool. As I was literally like leaving the, as I was like leaving the airport to hop on the plane, I just checked my, checked my emails and I made like, um, made like a $1,500 sale as I was hopping on a plane to Arizona. So uh, I always like telling that story, but um, that's kind of how we started on the, on the online game. Yeah, that would have made a, a great social media post as well, because you always see those types of stories where people are claiming that they're making all of this money by doing various mundane activities. <laughs> but <laughs> but to make that sort of income when you're jumping on a, a plane to to Arizona is is quite glamorous and uh, and and uh, interesting in it in itself. There, so you mentioned a little earlier as well that you were getting perhaps a negative reaction from. Uh, family and friends when you were involved in the network marketing side of things now when you made that switch then to online affiliate marketing were you getting the same type of reaction or were things a bit more positive where that was concerned um to be honest i i tell you this right now i actually just uh unfriended all my all my um uh, i left i left one or two kind of close friends and family on 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 facebook people who actually you know supportive of me <laughs> the rest i just got rid of because um i kind of came to the re realization that you know this is a business i want to be running it you know have contacts on there who either one will end up um so it's bad i guess to say it this kind of way but end up end up being like a customer client or as someone who i'm going to build a long-term relationship with who can potentially end up in a business um what's the word relationship i guess like a partnership kind of thing um as i said it left one or two people on there um just primarily just kind of so i can have maybe a few people from the real world i guess you can say that i can sort of conversation with but where it goes to kind of um on my friends list got rid of about 99% of the contacts i had on there before i started doing affiliate marketing I just didn't want the negativity and you know because if they were going to say it in, in in real life right if they saw me kind of posting the stuff on my wall they were going to say the same stuff as well and even when i was promoting network marketing on my facebook wall say pay i post up something about you know nutrition tips or whatever and i'd have the hashtag the company is in or whatever it may be and all I get back is just like a barrage of like insults. So I knew if I started, if I kept the same uh, circle of people on my Facebook wall, when I transitioned to online marketing, that it was just going to be the same reactions. So I just kind of cut them out. Yeah, that's probably the best thing to do, actually, because even with something like network marketing, if it was to do with health and fitness, at least that's something that's relatable to other people. They understand the industry to a certain degree but if you're coming into then online marketing affiliate marketing where it's more all about making money online replacing uh your job income and that kind of thing then i think there's overall 
less awareness of that and that could then in turn attract a lot more negativity because the immediate reaction to that is that it's a, it's a scam you're trying to swindle people out of their money and and all of that uh, type of negativity so you'd say then that the easiest way to deal with that type of negativity then is just to cut people out completely then just yeah. unfriend them and and move on and like at the end of the day i mean like the majority of them are not coming from a bad place right it's just who they are right you grew up with these people they were like you know being sarcastic you know the, I, I i as you know we we come from the same type of uh humor right kind of uh welsh and uh british and irish people right we have a very self-deprecating sense of humor so we take the the p out of each other all the time but and that's just the way you are right but at the at, at, the, at the same time it's it's not worth having on on, on your on your wall right yeah yeah i i can totally appreciate that uh a time and a place for <laughs> exactly. for, for, for jokes maybe maybe not when you're trying to trying to make a sale there exactly so if we uh we just go back then to you've made this 1500 commission as your your board in the plane to go to arizona yeah i mean what what challenges did you have then i mean why didn't that that continue why didn't those sales keep keep flow, flowing for you so um around the same time around this time about a month or so after i guess uh you see him on on my wall right i think he's facebook famous at this stage my um we found a dog on the side of a road a little black we don't know what i think he's like a labrador uh slash burmese mountain dog mix but we're not we can't be certain what type of dog he exactly is because we found him on the side of a road so we bought him in he's a little puppy um and about three months later he got hit by he got hit by a car fractured his spine and he was basically paraplegic so um he actually was half a millimeter away from severing his severing his spinal cord so it was quite serious so i spent about two and a half years of rehabbing him back from paraplegic to walking and running and it was a full-time job um it was like looking after like a like a sick patient or something it was like literally is a 24-hour day job um because of course you know he's a little puppy he can't help himself right so um spent two and a half years of rehabbing him back so i guess my physio kind of background came in handy there um i was taking to he's getting hydrotherapy and everything for like two years in the vets <laughs> and everything so i was like doing you know i had to do like three or four times a day do i do his do his exercises and all this kind of stuff um just train his nerves back and everything else and i really couldn't concentrate on, on anything else so I basically about two two and a half years out just to get him back to health. Thankfully he made it. So um yeah. I, I I spent those two two odd years just kind of you know in the space. I didn't exit exit it completely. I was just doing it basically a few hours a week is is all I could do. And I was just kind of making a sale here and there, but I, I did kind of, you know uh lose lose touch i guess for those couple of years but um once he got back healthy i kind of that's when i dove back in which would have been about um a year and a half ago now i guess so 
Okay, I mean, that sounds like a, a huge commitment there uh, to, you know, as, as you say, it's like nursing a patient back to health. Out of interest, did you have any insurance or anything like that for for the no. dog at the time, or was or was this a, a very expensive and lengthy process? It was actually, it was actually my, my sister came home. She she lives in Birmingham. She came home to her um, her husband's actually from Birmingham, but they came back to get married uh, in Ireland, and we were actually going to get him um, uh, insured that weekend um but my sister was having a wedding so we, we wanted to get that out of the way and then ensuring ensure him the next weekend lo and behold it was the weekend my sister came back for her wedding it was when he got knocked down i think it was like two days before her wedding so that was i actually forgot that until now so we actually had the wedding um two days after this happened bring him up to the to the vets when he got knocked down and everything else so we said after after my sister gets married, we're actually going to insure him. But of course, he got knocked on that weekend. So all in all, the operation in euros was about two and a half k. So in pounds wise, you're you're talking three, probably three two, maybe three three, in in around that. Um, vets bills, hydrotherapy bills, all that on top of it. You're talking. Easily seven to eight thousand, maybe seven or eight thousand, I guess, all in would be my guess there over the course of those three years. Wow, <laughs> those <laughs> are some very serious numbers. Yeah. And one thing actually, which is which is actually relatable to marketing, a lot of people told told me I should put this guy down. He was he's never going to make it. What are you doing? You're wasting all your money. You know you're never going to do it, all this kind of stuff. They saw me doing this over the course of those two, three years of rehabbing him back. And over time, the same people who told me it's a waste of time, you should put him down. What are you doing? It's you're you're crazy. Those very same people now tell me if I'm out, you know, walking on or having a pint or something like that. Those those same people tell me, Wow, it was great what you did. It was absolutely worth it. You know, what an achievement, all that kind of stuff, which is quite funny. Yeah, I think it's it's easy to make that type of decision or to to advise on that decision when you're not in that situation yourself. You're not the person that has to make the decision. But uh, it, uh, yeah, no, no doubt you you feel like you made the right decision overall. Then <laughs> definitely, yeah, no, yeah, after all these years, but yeah, there was some times there where it was touch and go, but um. Of course, he's a puppy, right? So he had all this energy as well. And, you know, it's all good. It all worked out in the end, anyway. Yeah, for sure. So when you made that decision to come back then, now that, uh, that the dog is fully back to health and you've got some extra time now where you can focus on the on the online thing thing rather than nursing him back to health there, what did you try then when you came back? So when I got back... Um... I just um, at the, at this stage, that kind of the the high tech company, the DFY company, they're 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 still they're still around, but they're not gonna they're not really, not really that relevant. Last time I kind of checked in on them, they were promoting some type of a um, what is it, uh, some type of click bank kind of opportunity or, or a cash app opportunity or something like that. 
So um, I started back with um, uh, is is a uh, I think you're, I think you have experienced with traffic domination too, right? Um, so I, I started back. They're they're kind of a primarily a, a lower ticket opportunity, but you can sell this um, free. I can't remember exactly what it is, but free, uh, free course. So someone opts in and they buy traffic off that. You get a commission. So I started back with that company, um, and I started making kind of the lower ticket sales. I I started having like you know three hundred dollar weeks, four hundred dollar weeks. Nothing kind of consistent though. I wasn't you know breaking that you know the the I wasn't I wasn't doing that every week basically, and I kind of hopped in between some kind of you know uh, low ticket funnels, kind of low ticket products, basically kind of um i guess going down a few rabbit holes right um and then i said look i i said i'm kind of wasting all my energy and time here again i started buying more solo ads again so i i, I eventually decided to put an, an end to that um properly so i went into um a kind of higher ticket company again um just to learn the kind of basics of uh, facebook organic because I'd seen that the Facebook organic kind of really took off over the last couple of years. And um, I was done with the paid stuff once and for all. Um, so, so how did you feel about Facebook organic then? When you first got into it, did you think, yeah, this, this would really suit me? This, you know, how did you feel about that overall? Um, again, coming from like, an introverted nature background uh i did find it quite kind of tiring quite challenging i guess when you're being told to do your daily action plan follow this formula and you're going to make you know uh tons of money right but it doesn't work for everybody unfortunately <laughs> um you know people come in there from different backgrounds a lot of people who i think i kind of found with the facebook organic stuff a lot of people who were entering it who were Really taking off, they kind of come from that a background where they're used to you know talking to a lot of people on a, on a daily basis. So I found a lot of people who take off really fast have that type of a background anyway. So it was quite a bit of a struggle for me to actually get my own groove, because um, I was you know cold DMing you know thirty people a day, adding thirty people a day. Uh, posting seven days a week, posting in five groups a day, but as I, I look, look as as you know, and I guess a lot of people watching this will know as well. There's only so long you can do with that before you start, you know, taining off or burning out or whatever. So I kind of, I basically kind of told me to look. There has to be a better way of doing it, right? Um, I think that was like last February. Um, when I started to, um, I actually invested in, in mentorship with another guy who was actually showing you how to create your own stuff and get people in the door, in the door that way, rather than actually um, creating all this content and hoping that it'll do its work for you, which doesn't work because you still have to message people and strike up conversations. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I think uh, I think there's a lot more work involved in the whole Facebook organic thing than, than I think people initially appreciate 
as you mentioned that you've got to put out content consistently and, and on top of that then you've got to do all of the the networking stuff as well adding the, the right sort of people having conversations with people to determine whether or not they're going to be a a good fit uh, for the business and i think that's something that's that's very uh, underestimated just going back there to when you were posting uh posting content what do you think is important then when when you create content are you just pumping this content out and and just hoping that some of it resonates or or do you think there's you know there, there's a bit more to it than that or do you have any any tips that you could share yeah so like it's it's natural right when people start that that's what you do right you just throw a lot of stuff at the wall and see what sticks um but the problem with that is that uh, that's what 98 percent of people are doing anyway so you end up kind of being in this filter i guess of people who are just you know kind of deciding what to write that day and just throwing it up without without any kind of thought of you know the end in mind i guess you can say uh what you want um the person who's reading it to actually do with what you're writing right um and a lot of people will just end up putting up quotes or even copy and pasting other people's stuff and throwing it up um even you see people like posting up stuff about politics and religion and everything else like you know like they just came up with something that day and they think and w- without doing i guess any kind of research asking their audience actually what it is they want they'll start putting stuff up there but as i said like that you're just falling into the same trap that you know the more majority of people do will do and after a while that 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 just burns people out and they end up like just quitting i guess you know yeah i mean do you think it's important then that you should have your own authentic voice oh, when then, yeah. it comes to producing content and even if that means going against the grain and just doing the complete opposite to what the majority of other marketers who are promoting similar products are doing yeah big time I mean, that that's probably the the number one thing you can do is to find your own voice like don't be afraid to piss people off right because that's what's going to actually attract who you want to you right and it's going to you know, I know it's, it's an overused phrase, but it's true. You know, you're going to attract the people you want and repel the people you don't. But it's 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 a cliche because it's true, right? Um, as I said, there's too many people out there who are who, like they're afraid to piss people off. They want to please everybody. They want to be seen. You know, they're faking it till they make it. Basically, right? They're not a, like they're they're afraid to actually admit. I think I said this recently that. 95% of people's lives are actually a car crash most of the time, but they're afraid to admit it, <laughs> you know, and my life is a car crash a lot of time. And I, 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 not, I, 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 I say it straight out, like my life is a car crash 95% of the time, but I'll say it, you know, <laughs> like people are afraid, like people are afraid to admit the struggles they're going through, but by admitting the struggles they're going through, you're actually inspiring the people reading your stuff because they're going through struggles too, right? We all go through struggles. Life is a struggle. It's like how we deal with it. And it's like you're inspiring people in the same position as you with the same thoughts as you. 
and that's who you're going to attract to you and that's that that's what you want basically you know it's better to like would you get now they always say about engagement being a vanity metric it's another cliche but again it's true would you like you know 200 people giving you a thumbs up you know <laughs> or do, who are basically don't give a crap about what you're rating they just want to pump up their own you know engagement or whatever wherever that's even work these days or do you want like 10 people who are going to be who are really going to resonate with your stuff and become one of your fans i know which one i want right yeah that's some really good advice there because uh, i i like reading your stuff because there are certain posts that, that you write and you can tell it's coming from the heart it's it's real real stuff that i'm sure a lot of other people who are reading it will be able to relate to and that's how you can grow that raving audience is just by being yourself sharing relatable stories and that's how you're going to attract uh attract people to you so uh, yeah i uh, i really uh, agree with that i think it's too psychotic but like i think what i think my stories work so well is because since the human race has been on the planet that's how they built civilizations that's how they built you know these relationships that that that's how that's what human race has act, has actually survived is by telling these stories and it's it, it's deeply embedded in our brains brains in our dna in storytelling i mean that's why it's so powerful yeah so your your content has improved due to you you posting stuff from the heart which is real it's relatable and then you decided then that you weren't just going to be an affiliate marketer anymore. You weren't just going to promote other people's things. You were going to start creating your own uh, training courses, your own products. How did all of that come about then? Yeah. So as I said, I think back in February this year, um, I got involved with um, a guy who was in the same actually the same company I was talking about a while ago, the same affiliate company, when I got back into it, not the DFI one. And so basically, kind of, um, he, can, he, can, he, can, he I can resonate with this guy because he's into a lot of like health and fitness and stuff as well. Um, so when I got involved with him, uh, his main kind of uh, message, I guess, is like, you know, start building your own offers. It's, and it's by creating your own stuff and you know this like you're, you know you 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 build your own offers right it's by building your offers is how you're going to separate yourself from the 97 percent of people out there because again it goes back to most people are they're they're afraid to is, is it are they afraid to just put in the work are they afraid of kind of looking like a failure if something doesn't work and nine things out of ten stuff isn't going to work by the way <laughs> but it's those one percent of things that actually work will take off right and what he what, what he said to me straight away is by you know how, how you're going to separate yourself from everybody else is actually starting creating your creating your own offers because that's how you're going to create yourself how would you, that's how you're going to what's the word that's how you're going to become an authority say in the marketplace by becoming a creator and not a consumer so there's a difference difference between consuming and creating right and by creating that's when you're going to be seen as a leader and as an authority in the marketplace and it was only until actually getting that kind of one-on-one -on -one mentorship is 
when that actually light bulb, I guess, kind of went off. Um, and so we got to work pretty much in the first week of me joining up with him of actually starting to go into creating my own offers. Okay, so tell us a little bit about the offer that you created then. Was it also the, the first offer of your own that you, you had ever created? Yeah, so um, it, was actually, it was like a masterclass on content. Looking back, I actually kind of undervalued it. Um, I only literally just done it at, at like $20. And uh, he was telling me, look, I'm actually underpricing it. But I said, look, this is just like a proof of, proof of concept just to see if people will actually be interested in it. And I actually ended up. I actually ended up setting it out in the end. Um, so I think I, I said, "Look, if I could sell, fi- if I could sell five spaces, I'd be absolutely delighted." I ended up selling like I think it was twelve in the end because those people actually joined it after I had put it on. So I think I sold twelve spots of that, and then uh, about four months later, I think I went on to sell, do my second offer on audience uh, attraction. I doubled my price on that. And that actually sold out, I think it sold 16 spots in that. So um, got about 800 bucks in that. But um, yeah, it was pretty much straight away after joining with him is when we started doing the offer creation. Yeah, so it just goes to show then that when you're putting out real, relatable, authentic content like you've been doing over the past few months, people are reading it, they're consuming it even if they're not necessarily engaging on it and you know figuratively patting you on the head and telling you how great the content is people are always are always lurking they're always watching in the shadows and they're just waiting for you to to take that step forward then to show that leadership by making them an offer and they're not going to refuse it which you've proven not once but but twice so if you had any advice for anybody who's thinking about creating an offer of their own, what tips could you give them to ensure that they're creating an offer that's going to be taken up? Okay, so one thing is don't create it until uh, it's validated, right? So what I mean is that if you spend, you know, four weeks, five weeks, six weeks, you know, getting whatever, um, say, video modules or something built out or getting whatever it is you're into funnel built out or whatever it may be and you put that to the market and no one bites that's four or five weeks wasted right so you want to do what's called like a pre-validation and basically all that is is by asking questions right just put out some you know put out a couple of you know question posts in groups on your page in your in, in your own group wherever it may be um you know, asking people what are they struggling with. So if you want to do content, for example, you know, ask people like what's what one like your main one to two one to three things you struggle on with creating content or something like that. So based on those answers you get back, um you can a couple of days later put out another kind of it's called like a like a research kind of post. Say if I created, you know, a masterclass on this or if I created you know, a course on this, you know, would you be, you know, obviously you like put your own kind of spin on it, you know, but, but along those lines. Then what happens is you get people commenting on that. Then you can strike up a conversation with them, say a messenger or whatever. Once you get maybe w- even one or two spots filled, sold, then you can start creating the, the actual thing. Yeah, I think that's some really good advice there because 
in effect, you're being paid to create that content because you've done that bit of research and that bit of groundwork to find out if there's actually any interest in that you know particular solution rather than just doing as as you mentioned they're just going all out for five or six weeks putting together the best course the world has ever seen and then you ask the question does anybody want to buy this and it's just complete silence <laughs> so i think that is actually a much better approach to it is to to ask those questions publicly and just to see if there's any any take up there because you, you've got nothing to lose yeah by, by doing it that way if if nobody's interested well so what just go back to the drone board have another think about exactly a, a, yeah. a different angle or a different way of approaching uh, solving the same problem and then go again and see if there's any interest uh in you know that time and on your point too that actually before we go on on your point about the lurkers because at the top of my head, I think about 70% of the people who've actually bought my stuff have never commented on a post or a live I've done or whatever. It's only after like, you know, a week or something of promoting this thing when they bought it. And the majority of people have never commented on my stuff. It's quite, it's quite interesting. Yeah, you find that's always the way though, that it's it's always the people who are lurking in the background who must be silently <laughs> reading and consuming everything that you put out, but never say a word yeah. until the important parts when yeah. you put out an offer and they think, yeah, that's that's going to be a good fit for me. I'd love to have that opportunity to work with Mark. And they can't get in your inbox quick enough then to, to put their names forward uh, for, uh, for the training. So... I mean, just before we, just before we wrap this up, then, what are your plans then for, let's say, the next twelve months? Are you going to stay in organic Facebook, or have you got any plans to move on to other things? Yeah, so next twelve months, definitely staying in the organic side because, as I said, it's you know, um, long term plan, of course, would be you know, do the the pay, the 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 paid ads route, whatever, but. It's still, it's, it's still, still, I'm still building that foundation, of course, you know. It's a long way to go yet. Getting closer, but getting better day by day. Um, next 12 months is to start building out my own kind of um, kind of one-on-one -on -one kind of coaching because lately I have taken on people as well, which is quite exciting. Um, so within the next 12 months, I do hope to be kind of going full-time. <laughs> You know, leave that nine to five behind. But um, of course, we can never predict the future, I guess. But within the next 12 months, um, as I said, kind of be mentoring people, I guess, one on one uh, and, you know, building more of my own products, which would be the, the 12 month kind of goal, I guess. Yep, that sounds good. That sounds good. And, and you're right what you say there that you, you know, you, you've got those foundations in place now. So it's just yeah. going to be a case of, building them out uh, over the next 12 months through the various products and the, the coaching that you're going to be yeah. uh, giving other people. Now, if anybody wants to get in touch with you or wants to find out a bit more about you, I know that you've also got a, a free gift for our listeners yeah. today as well. Can you uh, tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, cool. So basically uh, I'm offering a free Facebook profile audit it's really just like a five minute video three minute video on uh your facebook page and basically just kind of i send it by video 
um, and it's basically just kind of an audit of the page, um, just you know showing what you know uh, what's good about the page, what you can probably make, what maybe what tweaks you can use to make it that bit better. Um, so when there's anyone kind of looking at their profile, they'll start getting it, you know, get more kind of eyeballs in their profile and start getting more inbound leads. So that's what I can offer your viewers today. Yeah, that is a great offer. And judging by the the state on some of the profiles that I've seen from people in this industry, they could use an audit or yeah. possibly two. <laughs> <laughs> so if anybody wants to get in touch with you then uh, to uh, take advantage of that offer, what's what's the best way for them to get in touch with you? Uh, just Facebook, David. Um, it's actually the only um social media channel i actually have these days is facebook i got rid of instagram and uh, snapchat all that kind of stuff it's just on unwanted kind of dead weight i I thought so i'm just on facebook (laughs) um but my profile is actually um a space between the mc between the mac and gary so it's mac space gary so i'll come up um under that so you can hit me up on facebook send me a message send me a friend request and um we can definitely have a chat no problem so what i'll also do is put a link to your uh, facebook good. in the show notes as well just so people don't fall foul of those extra spaces <laughs> <laughs> there and uh, they wind up on somebody else's page but uh, yeah i think we'll we'll end things there thanks again for uh, joining me on the episode uh, today mark and thanks, no doubt i will catch up with you on facebook very soon as well please visit internetmarketingreveal.com and davidwalker.net for more free content if you need a domain name for your business visit domainsreveal.com where you'll find more than 1000 premium domains and finally please rate and review this podcast thank you again for listening and i'll see you on the next episode <laughs>